0: Humanity has come a long way since we first discovered fire. The night which once forced us to retreat to our dwellings until the light returned is now conquered. In this day and age, we are a 24 hour species with our urban centers so brightly lit that they can very clearly be seen from space. Yet this accomplishment comes with a price. The carbon footprint of a double head street light is on average 1.3 tons per year. And there are more than 500 million of these flickering around the world using 20-year-old technology. Hello, I am your host, Mike Lake. And in this preview, I will be talking with Paolo Gedesh about how the company he works for, OmniFlow, has developed a way to make streetlights not only more sustainable, but also capable of much more than just producing light. Innovation, resiliency, discovery. Join Mike Lake, President and CEO of Leading Cities, as we explore the technologies shaping the possibilities of our future with a preview of tomorrow. Hello and welcome, Paulo. Thank you so much for joining us. And once again, I do want to welcome all of our listeners and viewers. I'm excited to introduce you today to Paolo Gedish, the head of business development of OmniFlow, a company that transforms streetlights into a sustainable platform that can host multiple applications like air quality sensing, audio alerts, even drone charging stations. So Paolo, before we jump into this opportunity for cities, tell me a little bit about yourself.
1: Thank you, Michael. So my name is Paul Guedes, as you already said, and yeah, actually, I'm uh, in mean, OmniFlow uh, since one and a half years, so I'm quite new in the company. Although I know the project since the start, as I'm friends with the owner and founder, Pedro, and uh, yeah, it's been it's been an amazing, an amazing journey. Uh, even during COVID times, we had an amazing journey. So it's been quite a very interesting last one and a half year. Uh, I'm, I studied engineering and so I always uh, love gadgets and technology uh, and it was very interesting to start here with Pedro, so this is a little bit of me.
0: Well thank you for that and I mean street lights for most of us is something that is just part of our lives, we don't think much about it, it's there, it provides light. Maybe it gets a little bit more attention when the bulbs are out and and there's more darkness than we want, uh, but other than that, it's just in the background, not something we think much about. We don't think about um the safety it's creating. We don't think about how it could be leveraged for more opportunities. We certainly don't think I don't most of us at least I don't think consider the amount of energy uh, that's being used to to you know light our streets. so tell us a little bit more about um street lighting give us a give us a little education
1: yeah it's it's interesting michael because it seems like a very boring thing you know just street light let's let talk about street light but actually we have uh, street light has a huge impact on the energy consumption uh, i can tell you roughly it depends a lot on the, on the energy uh, mix that uh, the countries use but uh, a street light a doublehead street light can put, can have the impact of, CO, of a CO2 emissions of 1.3 tons per year. So imagine the impact of a whole city. And um, in terms of energy costs, which is another very important factor, of course, the financial factor, uh, lighting can represent 35% of the energy bill from a city. So when we th- when we approach it, the, the solution we are deploying, uh, we thought about real, drastically reduce the costs and the environmental impact. And so we developed this solution that you very well presented, which combines the, the vertical axis turbine with the solar panels. And with this, we can drop the energy consumption by more than 90%. In some cases, we'll reach 97%. So this this has the same impact on the CO2, of course, and, and obviously on the energy costs for the city. Um, but we we take things a little bit further. It's not just street lighting We see the opportunity, and and as we were speaking before the the, the interview, there are 500 million street lights all over the world that still use this kind of technology. And we see that cities are adopting- If I might
0: interject, still use 20-year-old technology.
1: Yeah, 20-year-old, you're right. More than 20-year-old technology. So it means that uh, there is a big opportunity to make this change. And cities are already transforming their street lights into LED which allow them to save some energy that's right and uh, not as much not uh, with our solution but they are able to save more or less 65 to 75 percent of the energy consumption but we feel that it's a missed opportunity because actually in the cities we do not only have the street lines we have lots of infrastructure that consume also energy we have the cameras antennas for telcos and so we see that Providing a single solution that it's not just a street light but it's a sustainable platform to deploy all these services based on renewable energies. It's a good very good transition into what we call the next generation smart market okay. So this is how we address the impact of the energy, and that is not only provided uh, consumed by the lighting.
0: So uh, let's talk a little bit about the the omniflow product itself. Is this something that can be added to any existing streetlight? Is it the whole pole itself? Give us give us a little sense of what that is.
1: That, that's that's a that's a very very smart question and it's also interesting because actually we call our device a smart pole, but it's not even a pole. It's just the top piece that you can put on the top of a pole. And so we design the solution to be retrofitted on existing poles. Obviously, we cannot do everything, we are, we, are, we are limited to the metallic conic poles that usually uh, we can retrofit at least 75 to 90% of these poles. So it means that a lot of the streets uh, on the street lights uh, are made with this pole. And so we can transform those street lights by just replacing the head, where you used to have the, the lamps consuming energy and just providing lighting, into our sustainable smart pole. Uh, that is not a ball. And with that, you, with a single installation, you multiply the services. And it's interesting because it will save also, in terms of cost and in terms of installation, uh, uh, it will save a lot of new installations because everything is built in from factory, but it is also a, a susta- more sustainable way of addressing the smart pool market, you know, because instead of doing all civil works to change the pole or adding new installations with just one single installation, you get all the features.
0: You know, I I'll tell you, when we work and in, in talk with cities about um, the implementation of whether it's LED lights or street lights or doing anything with their street lighting, we always encourage them to think beyond just the bulb, um, because one of the things we we try to educate uh, city leaders on is the fact that, you know, sensors, uh, as more and more have been produced, the cost of the sensors has come down dramatically. So. The real major cost in doing, you know, upgrading an existing pole, um, really comes on the labor side. You know, putting a guy or person in a truck, having that truck drive out to the site, they go up in the bucket, they take the thing apart, they that all that time and labor is the real cost. If you can do it once and create a whole platform. Of solutions rather than just going from a 20 year old bulb to a led bulb you're actually opening up uh, more opportunities for the city but you're doing it in a cost effective way because you're only paying for the time and labor once is that a fair statement
1: yeah that's true and when you think about you know usually you have one guy doing the cameras installation one guy doing the audio, one guy doing the led in the end you're paying three times uh, the the same service because they are just doing the same as you're saying they're just put, putting up uh, an infrastructure so if we can do it in one time we are already saving something but it's not just that we see that many times cities uh, face a question when they decide about a wall. and this is how will be the technology in five ten years and how how future proof is my solution and this is also something we thought about when we develop our solution. So, with our solution, you can start just with lighting and a simple camera, uh, but then you just have to open the lid and install new services inside. And that is also sustainability. You know, we're just always talking about the same thing because when you think about multiple installations, is sustainability. When you think about having a future-proof solution, is also sustain- sustainability. And so we we thought about it since the beginning, and we are already working even in developing solutions uh, for the city in five and or ten years that will be just a simple upgrade on our device.
0: So using the OmniFlow technology, you're basically harnessing both solar and wind power. Correct. Um, so you're you're generating electricity if you add that to a pole that has an LED light, which of course consumes much less than those um, 20-year-old bulbs that exist, then there's more energy left over, which allows for additional opportunities, including you could even charge a vehicle. Is that right?
1: No, actually not. We cannot charge. Or
0: a a drone, I should say. Not a a car, but a drone. drone.
1: That's where we find some opportunities. So, yeah, and it's not just about... Um, about the way the same pole can be using its energy, it's about choosing smartly how it will use. It means that imagine that we have a catastrophic scenario where the grid goes down. We are still able to operate, so we have this layer of res- resilience. But we can have one pole with lights, another pole with audio alerts, another pole with cameras, another pole providing connectivity to the, to, the, to the citizens so that they will keep feeling safer even though the grid is, has, a, has a, a problem. And so it's, and because All of our units are programmed and can be operated remotely it means that at any time we can just say okay this unit will just do lighting and this unit will charge a drone because it's for rescue and it's the emergency so we can program the units and command them from the distance and i think we've seen scenarios of grid failure uh, due to to the due to the wildfires in california or due to the um, low temperatures Uh, a little bit up north in the United States. So it's amazing that you have the opportunity to keep services running, even if it's the basic service, you know, and this is how we also address the resilient aspect of the cities.
0: So one of the things that I think that has made um, street smart poles, or at least starting with LED streetlights, I think that was kind of the first wave. Um, So... um, popular, let's say, in city adoption is because of the payback. Um, you know, it, there, there was not just a um, technology argument to be made. There wasn't just a savings argument to be made, that, you know, or an energy argument to be made. It was it was really a, that you could invest in it and see the results uh, financially in a short period of time, two years, sometimes less. Um, and, Tell us, how, what is the payback period like for OmniFlow? Does that follow think, the same pattern?
1: Of course. When you think just about comparing lighting with lighting, obviously our payback is is bigger. When you of think course. about just about just the amount of energy you're you're saving, when you think about the installation costs for other features. Because we, as, as we've been talking about, we are not just lighting, we are a, a smart wall. So when you think about the, the, the other aspects we're talking about, about having three installations to install a camera and an audio and, a, and the lighting, that's also something we have to put into our into our return on investment. And that's where we can lower the return on investment. Usually just with lighting, we can have four to six years return on investment just with the savings from the lighting. But when you think about the installation costs, it's just... It will blow your mind. It's just ridiculous. You don't even have to to think about almost the investment uh, compared to the other solutions. But we still find that many cities, um, these are separated departments. And so it's a struggle because you have the lighting department, you have the IT department, you have the, the safety department. And it's sometimes a struggle to prove that all of them could benefit from one single infrastructure.
0: And and there's other complications, I'd imagine, in just city structures and who is the buyer uh, at that point and what budget does it come from. Um, We have to love the challenges of city bureaucracy. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, one of the things Leading Cities tries to do is to break down those silos within local governments. Hopefully, we can uh, continue to work on that together. I want to think a little bit about... the future, and uh, you know, going out, whatever it is, 50 years from now, 100 years, whatever. Um, let's assume that there are no more uh, old technologies. You know, that every streetlight has been converted to a OmniFlow smart pole. Um, what does that mean? What does it mean to me, the you know, the citizen or resident in a community? What does it mean to my community? What does it mean to the world?
1: It means, obviously, to have a much more uh, environmental-friendly uh, solution. That's obviously. So, I think it's aligned with all the objectives. And, unfortunately, COVID brought this to, to the attention of everybody. Uh, but at the same time, it's a good thing, because, obviously, we are very delayed in that transition. So, obviously, it means a greener and more uh, more f- uh, environmental-friendly city. Uh, it also means um, that any type of... Uh, connectivity that will be deployed in the future will we will be able to, 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 to absorb and i think that will change a lot you know we've been we we hear lots of discussions about the 5g and the, the 5g still has its way to go and to prove uh but we truly believe that it will make a big change so imagine 6g mm-hmm. or whatever it's coming in 100 years mm-hmm. it, it will bring opportunity amazing opportunities uh, and we think that we have the, the right platform to bring these new experiences to people. Uh, and we will start by not in 100 years, but we are already thinking about solutions for drones, as you were saying. And we believe that drones you have in five to, 12 to 10 years We'll have uh, have lots of uh, uh, activities in the cities. They will be providing medical assistance, like um, providing a defibrillator. They will be providing deliveries. They will be providing safety, uh, increased safety. Uh, They will be detecting events. And so we are already working on solutions so that drones can have like a highway within the cities where they can uh, how be housed where they can charge so this is the type of solutions we are already working on so imagine in 100 years I, I think i cannot even imagine what it will be in <laughs> 100 years. um also when you think about mobility like uh, autonomous vehicles they will depend a lot on the infrastructure so we are already also working uh, on solutions that so that the infrastructure will provide further information to the autonomous vehicles so they can provide have more uh, safe action within the cities.
0: Well, Paolo, unfortunately, these interviews go far too fast. I have many more questions I'd like to ask, (laughs) and and, and really just envisioning the total impact that uh, a system like OmniFlow can have. Um, That being said, for any of our listeners or viewers, if they want to learn more or or get in contact, what's the best way for them to do so?
1: Yeah, I I would just say Drop by our, our website, see our videos on LinkedIn, and, and obviously assist as much as possible to the Living Cities program, where we all help. We will hope to learn a lot about those tricky things with the government that are global. It's not just about uh, a specific region. Um, yeah, and I think that's, that's uh, as you're saying, I think we'll have uh, an environmental impact and a technological impact. And I look forward to, to show this on the ground.
0: Well, thank you. And thank you for the whole team for the work that you're all doing uh, to, to really rethink how we engage technology in, in something as is uh, overlooked as our streetlights. Thank you.
1: I hope it was more exciting than just
0: talking about streetlights. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. Thank you for the opportunity, Michael. My pleasure. And thank you for tuning in to this episode of Preview of Tomorrow. Listeners like you are essential to advancing our efforts to drive resiliency and sustainability for all. I ask that you give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or whichever streaming platform you prefer. Your feedback helps us to grow and share these brief previews of what life in the future can be. In addition to thanking our guests today, I want to thank Peter Roy and Demetria Bridges for making this podcast possible. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and encourage others to also join us each week in previewing the possibilities of tomorrow. Preview of Tomorrow is brought to you by Leading Cities, a global nonprofit driving resilience and sustainability for all by unleashing the potential of the world's cities. Join them at leadingcities.org.